Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, riding solo on this wonderful January 16th. It is a Saturday. We have nine games on the main card to talk about. Should be a nice, fun slate. Yesterday was a profitable one, uh, you know, and managed to finish in the top, what is it, like 6% of GPPs, and I had a stinker. So it was a pretty low-scoring day, uh, all in all. Uh, a lot of the value did not hit, but some of it did. Hunter hit. Lopez let everybody down, but obviously, uh, if you saw in your contest, Lopez was probably the majority of owned. So we didn't really get behind the eight ball because of it, but we're looking to, again, just bounce back. Uh, it was still profitable, but it could have been better. So we got nine games to talk about on this slate. The only issue is, is at the time of recording this, it is about 10.30 Eastern Standard Time uh, on Saturday. And we just don't have the injury reports really available at the moment. So we're going to kind of have to fly off the seat of our pants and be able to kind of decipher who we think is going to be in, who we think is going to be out. Obviously, we'll get some more information as the day goes on. And we'll probably have, you know, some value open up that we're not going to necessarily mention on this show so just keep your eyes peeled. Make sure that you're following all the news information. You're in the Discord. You're monitoring everything because it's going to be really important on a day like today. Uh, before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over there. Thrive is the number one player prop daily fantasy sports app for esports and NBA, NFL. We got playoffs today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. So check them out, guys, if you haven't already. Don't know what you're waiting for. A super fun aspect of the game is player props. And listen, if you're a profitable DFS player, you're probably going to be pretty good at player props as well. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 of the 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50K in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million so far. So head over there, use that promo code ETHOS when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or in the Play Store, or you can even visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. All right, folks, we have an interesting slate. I think that, you know, we have some high price spend-ups. We got some good mid-tier options. It's going to be a nice, different construction build. Uh, I think through the majority of the season, a lot of it's been, frankly, stars and scrubs uh, with all the value that opens up due to COVID. But, again, we just don't have as much as we'd hoped for at this very moment. And some of the value that we've been relying on has been a little priced up. But first game of the night, we have the Portland Trailblazers traveling to Washington Taking on the Wizards. 218.5 game total. Washington being favored by 7.5 points. We'll start off here with Portland. They're expected to have some bodies back. Anthony Simons has rejoined the team. He was away for due to personal reasons in that last one. CJ McCollum, he's right around the corner. Uh, there is a chance that he could return, but it looks like more likely he's going to return on Monday. So we'll probably still be able to go back to a lot of the well uh, in these spots, but again, we're starting to see the prices get a little inflated on some of these players. Simon's all the way up to 7,200. Listen, the shot attempts continue to be here there for him on a regular basis. I don't mind that price tag. He's got the shooting guard eligibility. There's some other guards that are only a few hundred dollars more that I like and I feel a little bit more comfortable with. But as long as this guy's churning in, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20 shot attempts per game, we'll take it. The assists have been up. 
normally he's kind of like a tweener point guard where he's playing a little bit of a combo guard role. Uh, but over the past five games, 11, 6, 7, 7, and 7 assists. So he continues just to kind of give you a nice stable floor. But we've also seen some massive upside games. Now, I'm not going to consider the the game against Atlanta where he dropped 43 actual points to be completely his upside. I mean, he hit nine three-pointers that game. It's a little out of the ordinary. His real upside is probably right in the mid-40s, which we've seen three out of the past four games. So he is certainly in play. I don't mind going back to the well with Nurkic on this one. Uh, didn't play significant minutes in that last one because they got blown out pretty quickly by Denver. So they just didn't need to play him. He only played 25 minutes, uh, but he's still the lone center on this team. They're still going to need him as far as a usage standpoint. Going against this Washington team that now has a three-big rotation in Gafford, Montrezl Harrell, and now Thomas Bryant is back. So they're going to need as much size. So I do think that Nurkic is certainly in play. And now for a couple of these ancillary guys, whether you want to look at Nasir Little, Robert Covington, uh, I'm not too high on either one of them. I'd probably lean more Little than Covington. And then I think Ben McLemore, as I don't love that price tag at 48. But it's another guy with shooting guard eligibility. He should continue to see anywhere between 28 and 32 minutes is what I'm expecting, somewhere around that range. He's playable. I mean, they're going to, again, they need people in this lineup to take shot attempts. We know Covington's not very offensive minded. Uh, we know that Little, yeah, he'll take a couple, but he's very up and down. It wouldn't shock me if he's second or third on the team in shot time. So those are the three main guys I'm really considering and looking at. And you can mix and match. It's going to be, it's going to be a pretty fancy friendly game. Uh, on the Washington side of the ball, there's a little bit to like here. You know, two main guys that we're probably going to look at. Bradley Beal remains out in the COVID protocols. Kyle Kuzma has just been on an absolute tear. Uh, has hasn't scored less than 40 over the past five games. The rebounds are up. Shot attempts are up. Everything's going well for Kuzma right now. Now, I eventually expect him to come back down to earth. But until Bradley Beal's back in this rotation and lineup, he's still going to be a very, very high-usage player and have ample opportunity in this lineup. So 8100 feels like it's a comfortable price tag. Again, another guy with dual eligibility at small forward and power forward. Keep him in your player pool. Spencer Dinwiddie at 6800 another guy that we can continue to look at. Portland is bleeding points right now. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for these Washington Wizards players. So those are the two primary options. I'm probably going to avoid the front car uh, in all. Like, I just don't want to mess with that rotation. There's no real reason to at this point. You know, we just don't know exactly as Bryant works himself back. Even if it's only 11 or 12 minutes, it's taking 11 or 12 minutes, probably five of each from uh, Harrell and then five from Gafford as well. Uh, the only other guy I would consider might be Harrell. Just because in a limited role, even if he's playing anywhere between 20 and 24 minutes, he can get it done. He hasn't scored less than 23 DK points over the past five games. He's consistent, and he does have the upside of 35, but there's other centers that we will talk about. So my main options I'm going to be looking at would probably be Kuzma and Dinwiddie, and I'd probably end up with a little bit more Kuzma than Dinwiddie. On to the next game. New York Knicks traveling to Atlanta, taking on the Hawks. I wish this one was in New York, because we all know Trey Young and his uh, persona in, in Madison Square Garden changed a little bit. 213 and a half game total. Atlanta being favored by three points. We'll start off here with the Knicks. Uh, looks like that Derrick Rose, Cam Reddish, both those guys are going to be ruled out for quite some time. Uh, and I assume that Kemba Walker is probably going to sit this one out as well. So three guards out of the rotation. We know that we've pretty much just been seeing a lot of Alec Burks. Uh, we'll continue to see a lot of Alec Burks. We'll probably see a decent amount of Evan Fournier in this one as well. Uh, and then a couple of ancillary options like quickly, Quentin Grimes. Both those guys will get some run as well. But everybody here feels like they're kind of priced appropriately. You know, Randall at 8,600 in the beginning of the year would have been something that we're licking our chops for. 
Uh, I'm probably not going to go to too much over here. The one option I could see myself playing would be Alec Burke, simply because point guards have a very good matchup going against this Atlanta team. Uh, in two games so far this season, he's only averaging about 28 minutes and getting about 26 DK points. Well, right now, given the circumstances with all these guards out, he's probably looking at closer to 34 minutes. Uh, and if that's the case, we could probably bump up that to you know, anywhere between 30 and 35 DK points. So Alec Burks, another guy, we'll say it often, dual eligibility, point guard and small forward. So you can get a guy that's traditionally playing point guard in your small forward spot. Always fun to do because point guards have a little bit more upside when it comes to putting up those ancillary stats as opposed to just being pure scorer kind of guy. So uh, I think Burks is probably my main option I will be targeting over here. And that's probably about it. I'm not going to chase the Mitchell Robinson games that we've been seeing over the past two, where he's actually shot 13 of 14 over the past two games. So I'll take a pass on Mitch Rob, but I wouldn't fall to you if you wanted to look that way. Uh, on the Atlanta side of the ball, some more options that we have. Trey Young, 9,900. Probably one of my favorite spend-up options on this slate. I just think it's a little too cheap for Trey. Uh, it's a great matchup going against New York, whose defense has been pretty rough this season compared to where they were at least last season. So I'm definitely good with him. Uh, and then we got to keep an eye on DeAndre Hunter. Uh, he played 30 minutes. He started it in that last game. It is a back-to-back. I don't think he'll sit out. I don't think he'll necessarily be limited. To, the main reason why he missed time was a wrist injury. It wasn't anything muscle-related or knee-related where they're going to be so worried about him on a back-to-back. But he's 3K. He's stone minimum, dual eligibility player. He went down 400 after playing 30 minutes and starting. So those are probably going to be the two guys I'm mostly looking at. And I'll probably draw the line right there. But Hunter may come in as one of the more chalkier value plays, especially after his performance last night. 7.30 Eastern Standard start time. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Brooklyn, taking on the Nets. This game's coming in a 228.5 game total. Brooklyn being favored by 7.5. It is a home game, so most likely we're not going to see Kyrie Irving in this one. Uh, the rumors are that maybe the Nets will start paying fines. I doubt that's going to happen. I, I just don't really see it happening, but we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. It's a good spot for both teams. Uh, it's got a high game total. It's going to be a high-paced game. I'm expecting it to stay, stay fairly close. You know, Durant is going to be back in this one. He rested in that last one. I assume Patty Mills is going to be back. So all those terrible Brooklyn value plays that we were mixing and matching last uh, last game are probably going to be off the table. But we're, we're talking about the Pelicans here. So uh, Jonas Valanciunas coming in at 83. I love him. Uh, I think he's a fantastic spot right here. He was on his way to a big game before the game got out of hand. Played 32 minutes, put up 18 and 16. No other stats involved in that. But dude's got a high floor. He's got a high ceiling. He's one of my favorite tournament options to target on a night-to-night basis. And now we're getting him at a much cheaper salary. The guy that was high eights at one point, all the way down to 8,300. Probably my favorite play over here on New Orleans. If you're playing some high expensive Brooklyn guys, he's probably the guy I'd pair him with and try to run it back with. Uh, don't mind looking at a guy like Josh Hart, but I just don't see myself landing on him all that much, given the his price tags up to 7K now. A lot of good 7K options on this slate. Uh, the other guy I would probably be targeting would be like a guy like Herb Jones at 4,600. It's going to be a tough matchup. He's probably going to be the guy that's going to be assigned to Kevin Durant for most of the night, but that just means that they're going to need to play him heavy minutes. And we've seen him time and time again rack up defensive numbers. And when the shot's fallen, he's looking at probably around 30 DK points. So if we go, we'll go Jonas, and then I'll pair it with a little bit of uh, Herb Jones here and there, but not all too, too much. On the Brooklyn side of the ball, it's just a spend-ups. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and mess around with all these other guys, to be honest. It's it's kind of a crapshoot when you're looking at them. Uh, we got to keep an eye on Claxton's status due to that hamstring. He sat out that last game. He's questionable coming into this game. If he sits, we'll probably see Deron Sharp start another one. And he's a decent value play at 3,600. 
Uh, he's a high point per minute producer, so don't necessarily keep an eye on like all those minutes where you're like, guy's yeah, only playing 20 minutes, he's, even though he's starting. He's a guy that could easily get you 30 DK points in 20 minutes. So he's going to be a value play that we're going to keep into consideration. But really, it's going to be it's going to be Harden and it's going to be Durant. I think I prefer Harden ever so slightly over Durant. 11-2, you're spending up on him. It's a high price tag, but he's probably my first, maybe like a 1A, 1B. You know, if I'm spending up on anybody over 11K, it's probably going to be Harden. And if not, I'm probably going to go down to a guy like Trey and a couple other guys that we will talk about. But I think this is a fantastic spot for him, getting that Devontae Graham defense, high pace game, high game total. Uh, he put up almost 70 DK points on this team earlier in the year, and it wasn't even with a triple-double. It was with 39 actual points. He only had five rebounds that game. So I do like Harden in this spot. Wonderful if you wanted to look at Durant, I myself will probably play Harden over him. Fourth game of the night, Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Miami, taking on Heat. Looking at this Heat squad, it's a 207.5 game total. Miami being favored by two. Philly, Joel Embiid, 11-4. It's not the same tough matchup that we would normally think it is going against uh, the Heat, dealing with Bam Adebayo. Normally, I don't target anybody going against Bam Adebayo. But the price tag's up a little bit, uh, 11-4. Should be a slower-paced game. We know that despite who Miami's missing, they find a way to get it done every single time. So I will not be playing any Joel Embiid on this slate. Uh, and frankly, I don't think I'll be playing any Sixers in general. I mean, it's you know, there's going to be one-off options that will hit their value. But with this big of a slate and all these games to target, this one's almost like a cross-off kind of game for me. I, I just don't have much interest on anybody on either side of the ball. On the other side, Jimmy Butler, 9-8. We know there's always that animosity between the Heat and you know uh, the Sixers. Uh, Butler's time there. We, we've seen it time and time again, but he's at 10K. That means we need at least 50 DK points from him to really hit value. I'd rather spend the 9-9 on Trey Young on the other, in another game. So I'm, I'm all set probably with everybody over here. And now with Butler back, it takes a little bit of luster away from guys like Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero. I'm probably good here. I'll, I'll take a hard pass on just about everybody. If you wanted to take a dart throw on P.J. Tucker, he's the one guy I could see myself having a share or two of. But that's it. Fifth game of the night, 8 p.m., Eastern Standard start time. Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to OKC. They are taking on the Thunder. 209 and a half game total. Cleveland favored by five. One of the lower game totals of the night. Doesn't mean that there's not fantasy options that we like because boom, right back to the well with Darius Garland, 7,900. It's just too cheap. I had him pretty much everywhere last night. Back to back 50 DK point games. Put it 54 and a half against that San Antonio Spurs team on 25 shot attempts. The usage is going to be off the chain for this guy. The assists continue to be a big boost for just his base floor. I'll be, I'll be right back to the well on this, but there's no doubt about it. Going back to Garland, I think it's just it's safe, but it has the upside to give you a little bit more as well. Uh, and then I talked about it in the last show. If you want to look at these front court guys, I don't mind whatsoever. I mean, Mobley, Jared Allen, they're both, they're both priced appropriately. But we're talking about, again, guys with really safe floors with high enough ceilings that we could target. I think, you know, I'm looking at Allen. I think I prefer the upside of Jonas over him, but Allen's probably just slightly safer. Uh, it's a good matchup for both those guys. But outside of those, that's it. It's going to be those three spend-ups, and I'm not really looking at any value on that team. On the Thunder side of the ball, they should be pretty much healthy for the most part. I had a ton of Shea the other night. It worked out well for me going against Brooklyn. Put up 65 DK points, almost triple-doubled. Getting a price increase, different matchup, different you know game script. I probably won't end up with any Shea. Just Garland at 7,900 just feels a lot safer for me. I'd rather go that way. Or if anything, just spend up the extra 1,200 bucks, go to Trey Young. 
Uh, it could be a decent giddy spot though. Seventy four hundred. He's getting a four hundred dollar price increase, so he's. I probably lean more giddy over Shea, but I don't think either are like smash home run type plays. I don't really love any of these options over here. I think everyone's kind of priced appropriately. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't go full like full fledged chase that Darius Beza game. He has been performing a little bit better at forty five hundred. I think there's better value out there. We'll probably see some more open up. And for a mid tier guy, I just don't see the the upside but we know that the floor it could be low at times we've seen the lower floor from him several times this season so that's probably all i'll be going with i'll avoid the front cart in uh in the majority of my lineups as well sixth game of the night chicago bulls traveling to boston taking on the celtics 219 and a half game total boston being favored by four and a half points here uh, as we saw zach levine left that game he's getting an mri he's not gonna be with the team Cross your fingers. Uh, good news has come out that they don't believe it's going to be anything ACL related, but that doesn't just take him out of the clear yet. Obviously, there's meniscus, MCL injuries that could come from it. Could just be a sprain that holds him out for a few weeks. Either way, I would not expect Zach Levine to play in this one, which obviously is going to open up a ton of value. Uh, high usage player, going to handle the ball a lot. I'm good with looking at pretty much any of these other spend ups on this team. DeRozan at 85 is going to be too cheap with no Levine on the floor. Lonzo Ball at 7K is going to be too cheap with no Levine on the floor. Vooch pretty much has a very similar role. He'll probably get a few more shot attempts. Don't get me wrong, at 87. Uh, it's it's a fine matchup. We've seen the Celtics, despite the addition uh, of a guy like Al Horford in the offseason. They always struggled against opposing centers. They haven't gotten a ton better, but I think it, it gets dicey because I still, I still probably prefer Jonas over him. But Vooch, again, one of those guys, very similar to Jared Allen, is just much safer. Because we know he's going to get a boatload of rebounds. We know he's going to get a high high usage, decent enough matchup, but you're spending that extra $400 on him. So if you're, you know, maybe if the 400's not there, if you're looking in cash games, I prefer Vooch. But I don't want to just sit here and get a ton of exposures to Chicago on a nine-game slate. I'd rather just play a guy like DeRozan, uh, Alonzo, even Kobe White. Kobe White's probably going to draw the start in, uh, in place of Levine, so... It just is what it is. Kobe White took 17 shot attempts in that last game. Did nothing outside of score, but he's an option for us at 52. Uh, I think I prefer somebody else on the other side of the ball who burned me when I talked about having a dud in my lineup last night. We'll get to him. But again, just want to reiterate, DeRozan, Lonzo, Kobe, I think all those guys are very, very much in play. On the Celtics side of the ball, these guys, again, Tatum I think is still a little too underpriced, 93 you can go that way. I still think I prefer Trey Young ever so slightly, but it's just too cheap for Tatum. He struggled shooting the ball for the past two out of three games. Only shot 41%, 7-17 shooting, but he came in with the ancillary stats, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. That's what we'd like to say. Jalen Brown is right there. It's it's almost a coin flip with these guys on a night-to-night basis now. I always do prefer Tatum over Brown if they're similar price tags. Floor is just a little bit higher, knowing that he's probably going to get more of the shot attempts and rebounds. Uh, not playing Robert Williams, and I don't have an issue going back to the well with a guy like Dennis Schroeder. Really struggled in that game. 0 for 6. Didn't, couldn't buy a shot. Uh, but now he's at 5,100. I, I imagine that he's able to pay this salary off, knowing that he's going to get the increased usage. Marcus Smart still in the health and safety protocols right now. He was ruled out of Friday's contest. If for some reason he is able to play on the Saturday slate, it would take Schroeder out of the picture for me. It's that simple. I'm only interested in Schroeder if he sits. Uh, and keep in mind that there's other options that they have. We saw Peyton Pritchard play 
pretty much chopped those point guard minutes in half with Schroeder. I mean, a lot of that could have been due to game getting out of hand. It could have been to Schroeder struggling. I think if this game's competitive and Schroeder's shots falling at a decent enough clip, we'll see Schroeder play closer to 30 minutes. Uh, and at 5,100, I have no interest going to him, getting that dual eligibility. So for the most part, it'll be maybe a sliver of Peyton Pritchard in spots as a pivot, a little bit of Schroeder, and a little bit of Tatum. Three games left on the docket. Los Angeles Clippers, this is an 8, uh, 8.30 start time, Eastern Standard start time, we should should say that. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs. Right now, this game looks like it just refreshed on me. 218 game total, San Antonio being favored by two and a half points. For the Clippers, the Clippers have been just an ugly team to try to just get right target. Uh, you know, I feel like this could be a decent Marcus Morris spot, 6,700. I think we have uh, better options out there. I mean, if this game gets out of hand, which I, I don't expect it to. I don't think Vegas expects it to. So we should be seeing 30-plus minutes from him. He should lead the team in shot attempts. I won't fault you there, but only in tournaments. I think 67 is a comfortable price tag for him. I'm not playing Reggie Jackson. I'm not playing Eric Bledsoe. I just don't play these guys pretty much ever anymore. Uh, not enough upside on a night-to-night basis while their floors are low enough to scare me away. Uh, we've been playing some decent amount of Amir Coffee, but we saw that those lim- uh, minutes were limited in the, the last game, in the second half. They came out and said that we're going to limit his minutes in the second half. So keep your eye out for news. If they don't limit his minutes and he gets that 34 to 35-minute workload, 5,400, not a bad option. I think that there's a lot of, again, mid-tier value plays where if you want exposure to this game, that's probably one of the guys I'd look at. But by all means, you don't need to have exposure to this game. It's not like a must-play game. And then the front court's getting a little dicey. Uh, they're going to need some size, so Zubats might be in play at 4,500. Again, not somebody that we could feel very comfortable about and trust. Uh, the one guy that I think that I would look at might be Nick Batum, but again, it's a very risky team at this point. Nobody in this lineup we could really trust for value. On to the Spurs side of the ball. Derek White sat out last night's game. Uh, decent chance that he's able to play in this one. We, you know, I thought he was actually going to play in that last one, but ended up sitting the night out. Durante Murray is the guy that you always want to talk about, though. He's all the way up to 10-6 now, but he continues just to pour in 50-plus DK point games. Had another 60 against Cleveland. I wasn't on him as much as I wish I was because he was ended up being one of the best value spend-ups that you could have had at that low 10 range. I mean, it's tough. I, I do like him in this spot. I do think he's got a very good chance to pay off this salary. Uh, in two games this season, he's been crushing it at 66 DK point average. There's no reason why to... Take him out of your player pool. It's really just going to come down to where's your money at because he's very similar to Trey Young. I think he's a little safer than Trey Young. If Derek White's ruled out, I'll probably end up with more Murray than Trey. But it's these two point guards on the slate is pretty much the reason why I don't have a ton of ownership uh, in some of these guys like Jokic, who we'll get to, and LeBron, who we'll get to. I know that game is going to be extremely popular. Uh, I won't have any in Embiid because. There's so many good spend-ups on guards. Like, if you if you want to go the murray Trey Young route, you could. Absolutely. I'll be on that route. Uh, I don't mind looking at Harden as well. I don't think I'll be able to get all three of these guys in there simply because there's a lot of guards on this slate that I do like. There's a lot of good mid-tier players. So it kind of feels like it's a, uh, a one-stud day at the moment. But, again, value might open up, and that could dictate things and change things very, very quickly. But outside of Murray, I don't think I'll be going to anybody else on this team. Jakob Pertl all the way up to 6,600. Uh, we're getting a lot of the value taken away from guys like Lonnie Walker and Primo. Uh, if we do happen to see that Derek White does play, those guys, are minutes are going to immediately shoot back down to earth. But they're all kind of priced appropriately at this point, and I just don't feel like spending up on them. 
Two games left, 9 p.m. start time. Lakers traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. This game will be popular with a 224.5 game total. Denver being favored by 3.5 points. For the Lakers, I mean, it's really just going to be LeBron James for me at 11-9, but you just kind of heard my spiel on how I like some of those other guys more. So I just don't see myself landing on this team all too much. Malik Monk all the way up to 6,500. I get it. He's been playing fantastic as of late. I don't expect this to be a 40 DK point game from him. He's done that three out of the past four games. I get that. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But I'm not going to sit here and chase it at 6,500. Uh, eventually he's going to have one of those stinker-like games again, despite his fantastic play. He's pretty much been second in the team in shot attempts. Granted, Russell Westbrook has come out and said he's going to take a backseat a little bit more. He's going to try to have to defer. I'm not paying 10K for him. So it'll probably just be LeBron if you want to get exposure to this game. On the Nuggets side of the ball, very similar. It might just end up being... Uh, Jokic, if you want to get exposure to this game, I get it. Composo had an absolutely fantastic game. He continues to play in those mid 20s like minutes. Um, 4,100, there's worse you can do. There should be a ton of turnovers. Anytime we see a team going against Russell Westbrook, it's just turnover city. So, those are the kind of games that he usually thrives in the fast paced games with, uh, you know, a missed ball handling and bad air passes. He can come up with like two to three steals in this one. It wouldn't shock me one bit. Uh, Will Barton is probable, but at 5900 it's a fair price tag. But if I want him to have that small forward eligibility if I'm really looking at him. So I don't see myself going to Will Barton. It's probably just going to be shares of Jokic, which, again, you kind of heard where I am. I'd rather spend on one of those 10K guys over him. But I'll never count out Jokic. Uh, I was going to com- combine Joker, Joker with Jokic, came up with Jokic. Um, it's okay. It's it's an expensive price tag. He really needs to get 65 DK points to pay that off comfortably. And he can do it. You know, don't pay attention to the last game where it was just an absolute blowout and he still put up 43. If he happened to play 35, 36 minutes in that, he's probably looking at 60 DK points pretty easily. It's a fantastic matchup for him. I'm not going to count him out just yet. If you have the extra money and you want to go that way, sure, why not? But there's some good seven to $8,300 or even Vucevic at $8,700 centers that we could look at that could have 50 point upside of this one. So if you're paying 12, six and getting 60, 65 from Jokic, or if you're paying that low to mid eight, you're getting 50 from that guy. You're probably going to rather have that and have that extra 4k to spend on another mid tier player. That's just kind of my thinking on this slate. But again, I'll never fault you for looking at Jokic. So Compazzo, Jokic, I think both those guys are certainly in play. I won't end up with any Aaron Gordon. Probably won't have any Will Barton. Uh, and like we said on that last show, please don't chase the Austin Rivers big game that he had because now we've seen back-to-back games with less than 13 DK points, and I don't think I'll be chasing it in this one either. Final game of the night, Orlando Magic traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks. Uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on the injury report with Wendell Carter Jr. being questionable right now, Mo Bamba being questionable. Bamba was a game-time decision with that toe injury, ended up sitting out, so there's a decent chance we could see him sit out at this one as well. Uh, if one or both of those guys sit out, we can go back to the well with Chuma Okiki. He only played 22 minutes against Charlotte, but he still turned out 25 DK points. This dude's just able to kind of rack up steals on a nightly basis at this point. Sometimes he gets the shot attempts. Sometimes he doesn't. I mean, if you're looking for consistent shot attempts, it's pretty, pretty much just going to be coming from guys like Franz Wagner. Uh, and then I think routinely Cole Anthony will be up there on this team in shot attempts as well. But it was really a, a case of the second unit uh, in this game. They kind of really kept them in things. Even Lopez uh, didn't play significant minutes, only played 20. Again, he was the chalk that kind of let everybody down. But because everybody owned him, we were still able to come back. And I have no problem going back to the well. If we see both centers are ruled out, that being Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr., I have no issues going right back to the well with a guy like Robin Lopez. I mean, Dallas doesn't necessarily play huge. 
there's a decent chance that we see Kristaps come back in this one. But that just could be the way that the Magic take advantage of it. And we could have seen some of these starters' minutes get limited due to being a back-to-back. But no issues going back to the well. I'm not going to be chasing that Suggs game. Played 22 minutes, shot 60%, 7 assists, 6 rebounds in only 22 minutes. Both those are higher than his season average when he's playing like 30. So it feels like a little bit of an outlier game. I'll probably take a pass on Suggs. It's really just going to be the two value plays that we've been targeting, or three actually, I guess you could say, Franz, Okiki, and Robin Lopez. But you're really only playing Robin if both centers are out, and you're only playing Okiki if Wendell Carter Jr. is out. On the Dallas side of the ball, it's very simple for me here. It's been the same kind of thing I've been targeting all year with Dallas. Luka Doncic in play at 11-2, came off, coming off a triple-double. Don't love this matchup. It's okay. It's a 208 game total. Dallas being favored by 10.5 points. So not the highest game total, so it's not one I'm going to have over overexposure to. I get it. It's the last game of the night. It's always good to have someone in that late game hammer. But I don't think we need to. Um, I, I already talked about it. I think I still prefer like a guy like DeJounte over Doncic ever so slightly. I'll still have shares of Trey Young. I prefer Harden over Doncic. So I just don't see myself landing on him all too much. Maxi Kleber continues to get decent minutes, but we have yet to see some of those big upside games. 4,700, you're really banking on about 25 DK points is what we're hoping for. Anything less than that's a fail. So he could do it. But I'm not going to bank on it. I'm not going to be putting my money in that kind of pot. So I'll end up taking a pass on him for the most part. And same thing with Dorian Finney-Smith. Very similar type players. If anything, I'd probably rather have Dorian Finney-Smith than Kleber. Feels like it's a good Dorian game. Nice matchup type. But nothing you could trust in anything outside of tournaments. And even then, he doesn't have great tournament upside. Uh, Dwight Powell played 32 minutes in that last game. Shot 6-6, six six, put up 23 DK points. And that's <laughs> that says all you need to know. When a guy shoots 100% from the field on six shot attempts and still only gets you 23 DK points, it's not uh, anything that's overly enticing. That brings us home. That brings us to our player tier segment. And frankly, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very similar type uh, type tier as it was the other night. Uh, for the spend up, James Harden at 11-2. I'll give, I always give two when I'm on a solo slate. So James Harden, DeJounte Murray will be my two spend-ups. Trey Young is very close to being in there. If you can't get up to Murray due to price, I get it. And that's why I think Trey Young comes into the play. Uh, for the mid-tier, a couple of options, but we're going to go right back to the well in this one. I'm going to have to give my play. Darius Garland, 7,900. Still too cheap for this guy. He was once almost over uh, 9K, mid-8s. 79, too cheap, too cheap, too cheap. Just that simple. Guy's got a tremendous floor and has the upside to match it on any given night. Uh, for the other mid-tier play, I've been talking about a lot of point guards. So, you know, I, I want to branch out and kind of say some of these other options that we have like forward. But it's a point, a point guard-driven slate. And I'm going to go with Lonzo Ball at 7K. He's pretty much going to be the sole ball handler, especially with Zach Levine off the floor. Don't love this matchup against Boston. But at 7K, this feels like it's got 35 to 40 DK points written all over it. So... And then value. I told you we don't have the injury report yet, so it's it's not easy to give value plays right now. I think things are going to open up as the as the day goes on. A couple of them are going to be, I guess you could say, you know, injury driven. But we talked about DeAndre Hunter, three K. He'll be chalky if he starts again. Fire him up, good to go. I'm not worried about the back to back really limiting him due to being a wrist injury, not like a knee or a muscle injury. He was nothing was strained. Uh, he had the surgery, and if they brought him back, we were able to play at 30 minutes. There's no reason to believe that he can't do it again. So sign me up for Hunter at 3K. 
And then it would probably be one of those Orlando guys, but we don't really have the injury news yet. So to try to find somebody that is outside of that game uh, that we could probably feel a little bit more concrete about. Probably Ben McLemore at 48, but I feel, I still feel like that is a hair too high. If he was like 44 or 43, I would love it a lot more. But he's still in play regardless. It's going to be a high-targeted game. It's going to be the first game of the night. He should start again, but it's probably the one guy that right now we have the information on. So I guess we could roll with that. And then that brings us to the Thrive Fantasy pick of the day. Two prop bets that we're looking at that we could pretty much feel like are great options for us. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, at... 33 and a half total points, rebounds, and assists going against Brooklyn to 105. I'll take that one. I got no issues with that. I think that, you know, you're getting a little boost. Uh, and then Lonzo Ball, sign me up. Five and a half assists. The over is 100 points. I should, that should be as lock as lock comes, in my opinion. So those are the two I'll end up rolling with. There's a couple other ones on here that were surely enticing that you could have looked at. Jokic's, I think, is a good one. Very safe day, I feel like. Everybody feels like they're priced kind of over that 100 and a lot of stars that you could choose from. That's all we have for you, though. I say we as, I'm, as if I'm not doing this by myself. Follow me on Twitter, though, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, five star, wherever you are listening to this. We greatly appreciate it, guys. It means the world to us. Uh, you get the If you subscribe, you get that notification right when the show is released and you can get it on it early. Start adjusting your lineup throughout the day as the news breaks. And this is a day where news will break that we are going to have to monitor. So keep your eye on that, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Santino will be handling that solo show for you guys by his lonesome. Take care. Let's go take down some tournaments. 